Another edition of Team Turnbuckle, the IB Sports Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Fleming. With me is Ron L. Tinsley. As always, we are giving you your second Team Turnbuckle Podcast this week. We are attempting to uh, give the members of IB Sports as much stuff to listen to, do in these times that are very scary, boring, uh, whatever adjective you want to use. And uh, obviously, wrestling has kind of got a window here. It's WrestleMania 36 is this weekend. It is the only show in town, uh, at least live sports entertainment going on. I think it's going to get a lot of attention. Uh, we'll get into whether or not we think it's going to be a really great WrestleMania. But, Ron L., how you doing, buddy? Keith, I am doing absolutely well. I am thankful and happy to be on in the land of the living today, and quite honestly, I really can't complain, all things considered, you know, um, in as much as, you know, we should all be taking our proper precautions, I'm trying to keep it, keep it positive, you know, because, I don't know, I don't have any other options, I guess. <laughs> That's literally all you can do right now, is uh, try to be positive, try to, uh, you know, do the uh, right slash smart thing, and hopefully we'll be safe. This period will be over, and we can joke about it uh, in the years to come, uh, as long as it doesn't continue to advance. But uh, we just want everybody to be careful out there. Before we get into this today, we're going to – there's a few things we just wanted to make sure you didn't miss because we did have a wall – we did have a uh, AEW episode, and we also had an NXT episode uh, in between our podcast on Monday and this podcast. And then we're just going to go through the WrestleMania 36 card match by match. We're going to discuss if we're excited about it, not excited about it. And then obviously both me and Ron L will give our picks on who we think are going to win. Uh, we are opening up the phone lines. Uh, we posted it in the Facebook group. You can call in at 646 668 2510. We would love to have you come in. You can ask a question uh, depending on uh, the time and what we're talking about, even talk about a few of the uh, matches with us. But uh, before we get to that, real quickly, we want to thank our sponsor. That is MyBookie. Um, if you go on their website with your first deposit, put in the promo code IBSports. You get a bonus with that. We also want to tell you if you are not a member of the IB Facebook group, please join that. They're also on Twitter and Instagram. And if you are a member of the IB Facebook or social media pages, we highly recommend you joining the All-Star program for a very small payment each month. It gives you plenty of privileges, including Allen's gambling picks, which uh, my, my boy, my, my co-host on the uh, backdoor cover, uh, he's losing his mind right now because he can't gamble, but he is so good at it. I, I've been amazed. That's literally why I decided to do that podcast. And uh, join that. That will allow you to post in the group. You may have just seen that we just finished the IB Sports March Madness, uh, which is literally a bracket between the top 64 contributors uh, on the group page. It was a lot of fun. I uh, was very excited to be in it. Ron L. was as well. And uh, 
if you are an all-star member, you do not have to have permission or go through a queue to post, post, help your ranking in the group, and uh, you should be an all-star member. You can also mute people, be commissioner for the day, uh, and even save people who have been kicked out of the group or muted. So uh, having got through all that, let's start with the stuff that in case you missed it. There's only a few things, Ron L. The first is the guy that me and you have been on for since we've been doing this podcast, the amazing Chris Jericho, he once again just provided maybe the best content of the week and a three-and-a-half-minute promo that he filmed from his house that aired on AEW. It's also on social media. Uh, just to give you a kind of a quick snapshot of it, he called it his broken brilliance. He was filming it from his hot tub at his house. He said that uh, he went through calling out every member in Elite. He, uh, my actual personal favorite when, is when he called Cody the Tiger King, Cody Exotic <laughs> the leader of morons. He said that when he allows fans back to AEW shows, and that was his decision, the Elite was still going to get their ass kicked in their team match that they have set. And then the highlight of it was at the very end, he told his dogs to actually attack the two Vanguard drones from Matt Hardy that zeroed in on him on the end of the podcast. Ronell, how great is Chris Jericho right now? Man, Chris Jericho is at the top of the game right now. The way he just can take any situation and just – turn it into gold is just amazing. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he also, or was it the last promo where he invited uh, Vanguard One to join the inner circle? He did. It was this one. Yeah, yeah, it was this one. Yeah, okay, so I'm not crazy. So, yeah, and it's like the man can take lemons and turn it into a lemon drop. I, I just uh, I don't know what to, I don't know what more to really say or how much more to like kind of trip over Chris Jericho man he's just even without the belt he is still uh, the edification uh, the personification I mean of Le Champion. I think this is his best character he's ever had and that is saying a lot because you think of the. You know, the Jericho, the man with the thousand and one moves, that was when I first really got behind him in WCW. You think of, obviously, the Y2J character, the the very uh, sort of assassin-type Jericho that came back and feuded with Shawn Michaels going into their WrestleMania match. I mean, there's been so many great versions of Jericho, but this one just, he, he just keeps getting better, and it's crazy to think that when he was signed by AEW, I'll admit that I was the one going, this is the star they're going to get. He's, you know, in his 50s. He's touring, so he's going to be part-time. He's been worth whatever they're paying him. They're getting a deal, and I, I'm just amazed, and I, I hope he sticks around because I think that for AEW to continue to grow and be what they want to be, they need Chris Jericho uh, to do that. No, I, I there's uh, only one thing that you said in there that I didn't agree with, but the, everything else is spot on. Whereas when I first heard about uh, Jericho being one of those top draft picks, I knew that this was going to be something special because I knew that uh, what they were working towards was um, 
going to be more for a benefit of the wrestlers, so it would invite better talent and and get some great action and and you know draw stars internationally. But other than that, yeah, um, he is absolutely the guy that to you know strap the whole AEW ch- uh, chain to and just let it go for the next few years. And they've got a bunch of great talent that. Uh, that they're obviously mentoring, and this is going to be a really great product for hopefully many years to come. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about it, and that's that's the best thing as a wrestling fan. So the second thing I wanted to bring up, and this is sort of a get-along to Jericho. We've seen more promos that are taped, obviously, right now, because basically everything is taped. We've seen more stuff away from the ring, away from the arena, But most importantly, I think they've been really great because they're looking into the camera. And one problem with live audiences, especially like typical or or a lot of WWE crowds especially, we know that they can take over a show, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. But I think they distract the performers, the wrestlers a lot of times. And they seem so focused speaking directly into the mic and so much more effective this way. I point to Edge's promo on Monday, which was as good of a promo as I have seen in forever, and it's part of why this generation has not been able to grab that brass ring, as Vince likes to say, because it just shows how great the generation and we got spoiled in the mid-'90s through, like, 2005, 2006. Undertaker had a really weird promo for him because it was really more of, him as the man, and but again, looking into that camera, it was so effective, and I just, the one thing that I hope WWE takes from this is they do more promos where the guy does look into the camera, even at a live crowd, and maybe that would mean that they do more tape promos, which will make them more effective and better overall quality-wise, and leave more action on the show And I think that would get the crowd not to be so crazy because they tend to get out of hand more during promos than they do during matches. Mm, No, that's a very fair point. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Like, I love the the old-school feel of uh, both of those promos that you just mentioned. Like, we're talking directly into the camera, whereas they want to get the entire audience – and, of course, uh, the person that they're addressing, their complete focus. And it's that kind of take back to, yeah, like the, the classic days where not only they're cutting them um, backstage uh, bef- with no, like, crowd interaction, just and it really makes for an intense type of promo. Like, uh, Undertaker's promo was, like, the most – the closest to, I think, a normal person as I ever heard, you know, him being. It was a, a guy who was like, how dare you, you know, bring my wife into this. And, like, th- these are some really raw promos, and I, I really dig just the intensity behind them. And I think we know that, Obviously, when something is being taped, you can perfect it and get it the way you want it. And that's what they used to do. When you see those, you know, WrestleMania, I've watched a lot of them when we did our podcast, you know, a couple of weeks ago going over our favorite matches, performers. 
you know, I think almost all those were taped, even though they gave the perception that it was live. And if you think about it, these are some of the greatest promos ever, and it's because they they have the ability to make a mistake or figure out something's not working, stop it, and go a different direction. And, again, I just hope they continue to do that. And this seems to be one of the few positives so far I've seen in the overall product. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's just hopefully once we get back to the live uh, audience thing that they can find a, a nice happy medium, whereas they can do that to not only keep the in-house audience uh, in with, a, with what they're saying, that they can get more viewers kind of feeling it a little more at home through the TV screen. So the only other thing I want to discuss before we get into this WrestleMania card, because, boy, there is a lot of matches. I have been saying there was 14. There's actually 16 matches. Thank God they're doing two nights. Montez Ford for the Street Profits, who I think is just a superstar in the making, took one of the nastiest bumps I've seen in a long time. I'm still not sure if it was a botch, if it was – something that they plan to do, but if you didn't see it, please, you can find it on YouTube. It's on social media. He went and did a front flip over the top rope in their six-man tag match on Raw, and I don't know if Theory being new uh, was just not ready for it. He froze, whatever, but he was obviously supposed to be there to catch Montez, as he went over the top rope, instead, Montez hit nothing but the ground. It was actually the metal. It sounded like part of the ramp, the entrance ramp. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. it looked and sounded so bad. He is okay. He made a joke on social media that he said to his mom and his best Mike Tyson voice, I think I broke my back. But uh, it just was a very scary bump. But do you think that was – What do you think that was? Do you think that was a miss? Do you think that was something that they planned out? Because it was weird the way they showed it because they taped the match. They could have changed it or taken it out. They could have. I would – I honestly think it was just Theory missed his spot. And, you know, because, you know, Montez sold all the way out for that, and he landed flat, and that was a nasty sound when his feet uh, landed on that ramp. I rewinded it and watched it three times, and I, I hate to be the glutton for, you know, somebody else's pain, but just between the sound, and I just couldn't figure out what happened until they showed it from both angles, and the only thing I will say that was strange, and maybe that's why it wasn't just on theory, was Ford didn't jump at him, and from what I've seen in most of these situations, they jump at the wrestler, and... Theory would have had to move to the side. It reminded me a lot of The Undertaker's terrible bump at WrestleMania, which I believe that was in the Triple H match where he did the front flip over the rope. And uh, I believe whoever it was grabbed the cameraman and he just, again, whipped. He landed on his head. Thank God for such an athlete. He did the complete flip and landed on his backside. 
Yeah, I, I don't remember that bump that you're talking about with The Undertaker uh, off the top of my head for Montez's athleticism because that would have been uh, really bad had that been uh, if he had been landing face first on that. All right, so that's really what you missed. There wasn't a ton from either show. Uh, they're going to be limited with you know, doing tape shows. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I know that they have WrestleMania tape. They have the wall the Monday after tape. And then I don't know what's going to happen after that because Florida has been asked to shelter in place for 30 days. I don't know if WWE is going to be able to be classified as essential, but we will find out. I know that Vince, well, I don't know. From everything I've read from people who supposedly know Vince and are in the know, he really wants to continue pushing forward. And I do understand it to a certain extent because they are, you know, basically the only show in town. So we will see what happens. But WrestleMania 36 is going to be on Saturday and Sunday this week. It's the first ever two-night mania. It's something me and you proposed uh, about a month ago just because of how long the events got. And, man, like I said, I thought this was a 14-match card. It's actually a 16 We've had some changes because of the virus and people that were sick. Uh, we're going to try to go through as much information as we have without giving spoilers of obviously results because I don't know that. But we are going to tell you if you're not aware of a few matches and some changes in it, but we will let you know that it's sort of a spoiler here. So let's get right into it. The first match is the Kabuki Warriors. Uh, they are the women's tag team champions. Thank God they're finally giving a tag team title match. I cannot remember mm-hmm. the last time they were defended against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Are you excited about this match? Honestly, to a, to, to a degree I am. Um, hopefully, like when they introduced these women tag titles, they did kind of come out with a bang in the first few months. They had treated it uh, with some kind of uh, respect, but you know, since they put it on the Kabuki Warriors, and I'm not blaming you know Asuka and Kyrie for it, but they haven't booked many tag title matches. Actually, they had them involved more in a bunch of uh, singles competitions, which I didn't understand because none of the, not many of them led to a lot of tag title defenses. So, yes, I'm excited to see this match. Um, I honestly think that they are... I honestly think they're going to give them back to Alexa and Nikki. I, I think that's what's okay. going to go down this match. Uh, I am excited about this match because I've been really disappointed kind of to what you were getting at that I think the Kabuki Warriors are one of the best things in WWE's women's division right now. Asuka has really found her niche as her character who just screams uh, in her native language with no subtitles, no nothing, and occasionally throws in the English words. What's most impressive about it is the fact that you kind of understand what she's saying through her facial expressions. I love Carrie Sane. I think it's a a great tag team. So I am excited in that sense. I'm going to go the opposite of you here. I don't think they're going to give it to Alexa and Nikki. The only caveat to that would be is if they end up in the women's title match having Sasha and Bailey both lose. I could see what you're saying because then they would probably want to have either Oscar or even Carrie Sane get a shot at the title. You could also go see, depending if it's a heel winner, 
from the SmackDown title, and it's not Sasha or Bailey, potentially Alexa Bliss getting back into, uh, you know, the title discussion. So uh, that's match number one. So match number two, and again, we don't know what night these are going on. Uh, we have Elias. Uh, hopefully he has recuperated from his 20-foot fall after Corbin threw him off of the uh, upper deck of the performance center. But he is going to be taking on Corbin. Uh, I'll go first. I, I think I could be excited about this because I think it's two good characters. The issue is Corbin really needs the crowd. I mean, we've we talked about before, and you know that I am very high on Baron Corbin. I think he is the best heel in WWE today. Like, he consistently gets heat as his character evolves. I do worry that he's not – like, it's going to be hard for that match to get seen without that crowd pushing it. And I'm going to say that Corbin is going to win this match – and I'll get more into the reason why when we go over the SmackDown world title match later. But I'm going to take Corbin, even though Elias needs it. Are you excited about it? And who you got in this match? The reason I'm excited uh, is for many of the same as yours. Both of these guys, like Elias is a very uh, great in-ring technician. You know, for, uh, say what you want about his character. You know, he, he has a really pretty great skill set. Every once in a while, you know, when he goes to that elbow drop, you know, you kind of see shades of that old Randy every once in a while. But um, I, too, also believe that Corbin actually is going to take it because coming off of the feud that he had with Roman Reigns, uh, we really need to kind of get Corbin back on, on uh, a winning streak. You know, he can't be a, a heel king without getting a few uh, rival victories in, in from time to time. And I think that, that that's what we need to have for uh, Baron Corbin right now. And, again, not to go into it too much, because we will, but SmackDown is loaded with faces. I mean, if you look at the people that are in the title picture, they're almost all faces with the exception of The Fiend, who is treated like a face. So it would make sense, again, to have Corbin. We hopefully are going to have SummerSlam down the road. You're going to want a bad guy going after it. So the next match is, and this has kind of been thrown together. I'm glad they've got them in a match, but it's Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. I'll start with you. Are you excited about this match, and who do you have in it? Not uh, too thrilled about this match. Unfortunately, they've really lost uh, everything with Bobby Lashley for me not too long after um, they ditched Leo Rush with him. So this whole Rusev and Lana thing just uh, missed me with all of that. And it's a shame because they're, they're really wasting a phenomenal talent in Bobby Lashley. Um, we've already and Leo Rush. Over many, and Leo Rush. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, he went back to NXT and was thriving. Obviously, he went back and, you know, picked up the cruiserweight for a quick spell, and, and he's still putting on uh, classic matches right now. But um, the only thing that I'm excited about is that hopefully um, Alistair Black does get a really a well-earned victory. Um, he's put him in, putting him in with Bobby Lashley. This should be an entertaining match, to say the least. I mean, I'm not overly excited, but it's going to be a decent match, at least technically, I hope. And I see Alistair Black coming out of it. And maybe, hopefully, maybe there's a, a U.S. title push for him uh, in the near future. 
they need to do something with him because they have, and it's a theme lately, they have just wasted a guy that was just so hot when he came up from NXT to, you know, the main roster. And what's most surprising about this is if you trust the dirt sheets, it was down in Paul Heyman's mind to either McIntyre or Black winning the Royal Rumble. I think they made definitely the right decision, but it just shows you that he, he, I guess he's in the discussions for a push, but it never quite happens. And he's got to win this match, so I'm taking him as well. But I'm not really excited about it because they, I mean, Bobby Lashley is, as you said, with Lana. It's a very boring storyline. He was so much more entertaining with Leo as his mouthpiece. It was almost like a, another version of Brock and Paul Heyman. And I actually think Leo right now is better on the mic than Paul Heyman. Don't at me. Paul Heyman is one of the greatest mic workers of all time, but he's down to three promos. He gives basically three promos now, and it's because he's stuck with Brock, who has basically two or three matches. So he's limited in what he can do. And then the same thing I saw saying with Black, to where what is there to be excited about? I mean, what has he done basically since him and Ricochet had that short period where they were a tag team, and I thought that was going to lead to, okay, here's what they're doing. They put them together. They're going to eventually one turn on the other, and then you have a first storyline for them. They dropped the ball on that. So I just I can't really get behind this match, but they better let Aleister Black win because it would be so WWE to have Bobby Lashley win this match <laughs> with the help of Lana and prolong a feud that nobody cares about. So – uh, the fourth match, and this is uh, the second of a lot of title matches. We have the Street Profits, who are the Raw Tag Team Champions. They are facing Angel Garza, and I believe it was going to be Andrada originally. They are calling up Austin Theory. You saw him on Monday Night Raw. Hopefully, if they do that spot again, he catches uh, my man Montez <laughs> this time. Cause I don't want to see that ugly fall again, but... I am excited about this match. We both talked about how big we are on the Street Profits. I think they're two of the more talented guys in WWE right now. They were getting the fans behind them with the smoke and the red cups and just they have a lot of good material and they can go in the ring. They look, you know, like a a, a big menacing tag team. So I, I am both excited about this, and I think you've got to keep the momentum with the Street Profits. I'm hoping that this is going to be the start to a long reign for them, really build them up, and then potentially I think Montez is going to be, I hope, a single star. But they need the tag team titles. They need a long push to truly establish themselves. Are you excited about this match and, and who you got? Uh, I am totally excited about it. I definitely want all the smoke, uh, as you said. Um, I hope uh, whatever is happening with uh, Andrade in his rib injury that, you know, he heals up. I'm glad it wasn't one of those things we heard where he's gotten another, like, um, 30-day ban for something. You know, it's just just an injury. So, Andrade, please heal up quickly. Hopefully, uh, Austin Theory can come in and put in a, a great match together with Tony Garza. Uh, he's actually been uh, – Tony Garza has been a great call-up since he's come up from uh, NXT. He's put in a lot of really solid matches. And 
putting him with Zelina Vega as well, uh, getting her, creating a stable uh, has been a great thing. But, yeah, I still want it to be the Street Profits, like I said from the beginning weeks ago. Uh, they need to hold these titles at least until SummerSlam and really solidify them as a top tag team. So the next match, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but this is, again, one of the matches I'm most excited for on the card. And you want to know why? Because they actually had a storyline. It's something that is built, and that is Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. This is predominantly about Mandy Rose. It's been a great storyline. This is something WWE used to be great at, where they would have the side story of basically two wrestlers fighting over a woman. And I know some people complain that it's sexist or it's it's demeaning to women. I really have liked the way they've done this feud because Mandy Rose has came off good uh, despite, you know, this. She's been manipulated by Dolph. But she even said, I think it was Monday, if not the previous Monday, that Dolph did not need to use her basically to upset Otis, which I thought that was important because in the old school, they would just make the women either really stupid or seem very evil in their actions, and this made her seem like actually a good person. But I am really excited to see this match because it's going to be a brawl, and it's one of those that I don't know, kind of like with Edge and Orton, if a crowd really is going to make a big difference because this is personal and it's been built up and there's a great story. Are you excited about this match? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Listen, we've got the jilted big man versus the pretty boy. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 like you said, it's a classic storyline. And with the way that they've uh, uh, adapted for modern times, yes, Mandy is playing uh, a fantastic role in it. I'm actually surprised that in this storyline didn't – wasn't uh, the, the, the Valentine's Day thing didn't – wasn't it um, – um, Gosh, her her tag team partner, her name escapes me right now. Sonya. Uh, yeah, Sonya Deville. Wasn't she the one who kind of uh, sent a mixed message so that Dolph can slide in there? Like, I'm surprised they actually didn't bring that out a little more. But, yeah, like you said, I'm really loving that this is a built-up story. So uh, the explosiveness doesn't necessarily uh, need a crowd like all in all, I'm worried because this is WrestleMania, so we're not going to have the the old WrestleMania feel. So I'm, I'm concerned about that. But other than that, they are putting together some matches through this um, that really have some substance. So this is one of those matches that I'm excited about. Who you got in this match? I actually... And maybe because it's uh, the big heart or whatever. I actually think Otis is – I'm actually pulling for Otis. I – everything in my head tells me that Dolph Ziggler is going to win. If you look at this card, right? I think it's going to be very face-heavy, and they need a heel moment. This also could prolong a good feud, maybe, you know, with a steel cage match or, you know, something else down the road. But – because it's Dolph Ziggler, who nobody has been buried more than Dolph Ziggler in his career, I am also mm. going to take Otis uh, in this match. So the next match, and it's disappointing from what we're hearing. So this is the first spoiler mm. because there's been a significant change 
to the original match, and this was the, one of the matches I was looking forward to more than any other. Originally, oh the God. SmackDown Tag Team titles were going to be Miz and Morrison, the champions, versus the Usos, versus the New Day, and a ladder match. And, I mean, goodness gracious. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Miz showed up sick. And from what the dirt sheets are saying, it is now going to be basically a triple threat, excuse me, triple threat singles match where Morrison is going to take on one member of the Usos, one member of the New Day. I don't get this match at all. I don't understand why it's still happening. It's a tag team title match. And if this is true, they're going to basically have the tag team title match as a singles match. They could have backed this up. There's 15 other matches. Like, why does this have to be on this card? Because the triple threat ladder match with those tag teams, I don't care when it is. It could be on Monday Night Raw. Like, how exciting. You have two of the greatest tag teams I've ever seen. Miz and Morrison are also great. I don't understand why they're doing it this way if this is true. And I know Miz is out, so it makes sense. That's what they're doing. Are, are you on board with this match, and who do you have if it is the way it is or reported? Oh, not, at, not at all, actually. And unfortunately, just finding out about this right before uh, we were setting this up was a disappointing thing to hear because this was honestly one of the matches that I was looking most forward to because you knew that it was going to be a freaking barn burner. So... Seeing that it's uh, been changed and not knowing, I actually hope that they just let it be an entertaining match and John Morrison holds on to it until we can actually get the real thing because there's no way that, that, that the titles should change hands as a singles match. So hopefully maybe we'll get uh, what you had brought up last week, uh, a Dusty Rhodes ending. Right. And some way to just, we were just going to kick this can down the road until we can get every, all parties assembled and and do it right kind of thing. So um, I, I'm going to go with Morrison and keep my fingers crossed. I agree with you. That it, it makes all the sense in the world, especially with the match, to have Morrison retain for Morrison and Miz. I also think that I don't know what their plans are with John Morrison moving forward. It would seem like that they brought him back to fill a role because they put him in a tag team with the Miz immediately. But Morrison is somebody who, I mean, it needs to not be forgotten. When he left WWE, he was in the world title discussion. Like he had been in several pay-per-views in his last year fighting for the title. So, it is a way for them, if they have aspirations, to make him, say, the world champion again or even just fight for the IC title down the road. It also is going to help that case. You may even be able to eventually have some dissension between Miz and Morrison because of this because maybe Morrison says, I saved your butt, you know, whatever. So I'm with you. I'm taking uh, Miz and Morrison. I'm also very interested to see what New Day member gets in this match because that's going to mean two of those guys are completely off the card and also which Uso. uh, So we'll see. Uh, The next match, and this is one that I am very excited about, and it's KO versus Seth Rollins. 
this was a match that I was not that excited about until two weeks ago, I believe, when both KO and Seth gave phenomenal promos, particularly Seth Rollins. I think this Messiah Seth is as good of a Seth Rollins character as we've seen yet in WWE, and I really hope that they eventually allow him to be the heel world champion because he's just built for this role. Like, he can be such a smug asshole. And to hear him basically mock Kevin Owens about this, the performance center being the place that you built when it's like, I'm the guy that was the first NXT heavyweight champion. I'm the guy that immediately made it in WWE when I got called up, therefore giving more opportunities to people in NXT. And most importantly, I have so many WrestleMania moments, and you have none. And it made it personal. We know these two guys can go in the ring. And I think this match is another one of the few matches on the card that it does the, the crowd's not going to really matter because it's so personal and again they've done a good job doing a build up because of that I think Kevin Owens has to get the win because it would be really interesting booking for Seth Rollins to call him out on I have all this you know WrestleMania moments wins built up in my bank and you have done nothing but fail and then still have Kevin Owens not overcome the odds and get that first win. Uh, I know you're excited about this matchup. Who do you think is going to win? Actually, I'm going with your logic uh, from the other match, saying that this is one of those places where a well-timed heel victory uh, can really uh, drive a story. Now, listen – KO uh, will always be KO, and I, I really don't see him uh, within the next year uh, being able to get himself back together and maybe either, you know, as you said, maybe if uh, we get a heel Rollins run, uh, taking another shot at him next year and actually getting his full moment in front of an actual crowd, whereas not getting a moment right now, you're not going to get the moment where you get to enjoy it. It's the it's the, that pumping feeling that of them cranking in anywhere between 60 and 90,000 people, 100,000 people into an arena and feeling that moment. I mean, heck, I think about just that Royal Rumble moment only with like 20-plus thousand, 30,000 people and how elated I felt for Drew McIntyre getting to feel that. You know, if KO gets his first moment. I think he needs a crowd. So I think that this is one of those places where he can lose and still be okay. That's fair, and I hadn't thought about that. There, I mean, we'll get to that match in a minute, but just to your point, Drew McIntyre is the biggest loser this WrestleMania, and I only mean from a standpoint that he has worked his entire career for this moment because we assume he's going to win. And not only is there not going to be a crowd to, to hear that pop, but I actually think that there's a chance that they could end up not giving him the win for the same reason you just said about Seth, or excuse me, KO. But I still am very confident that these two guys are going to tear the roof off of it. 
and uh, I like it when we disagree. So you've got uh, Seth Rollins there. I got KF. So the next match, and uh, we talked about Undertaker's promo for Monday. There's been some really personal promos uh, this week between or this month between these two guys, but it's. Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a Boneyard match. For those going, what is a Boneyard match? I didn't know either. From what I've read, it's a Buried Alive match. So I don't know if that's a casket match where I'm sure you've seen them before. You have to get them in the casket, close the door, or if it's a deal where they've done it before. It's been a long time where they literally have a grave digged out. You have to get the person in there and then dump dirt on them. But Either way, are you excited about this matchup, and who do you like? I hadn't been excited about this matchup too much up until these last two weeks. These last couple of weeks' worth of promos have really brought and turned up the heat on this. And right up until last week, I was really confident that it was like, all right, so AJ Styles is going to finally uh, send the dead man off into the sunset or whatever. After these promos this past week, I'm not too sure anymore. I actually am almost thinking that this is a chance for the Undertaker to take one last gasp and maybe get one last lap around the sun until we hit WrestleMania next year. So I'm going Undertaker. It's interesting. I, I I wanna say that they have to give it to AJ Styles. And actually I'm gonna go that way because I just think he needs this because honestly I don't know what he did. Uh it hasn't been the same since his last world title run. They've kind of you know, they went from the place that runs the place and I only mean from a booking standpoint, not in his performance but they just really haven't given him the rub. Uh, and he was one of the biggest, uh, you know, winners in WWE for almost a, a two-year stretch. Uh, I just, I, I got to say they go with AJ Styles, but it needs to be said that Undertaker, yes, he lost to Roman Reigns. Yes, he has a loss to Lesnar. But I believe with this win, he will be 26-2. and two. We all know that he was 21 and 1, so that would mean he's still 5 and 1 in his last six. They still appear dedicated to, you know, preserving his name, his record. So I would not be shocked if Undertaker wins, but I hope they book AJ Styles. And I really hope this is one of Undertaker's last matches because he had such an amazing stretch where. His match was one of the best matches on the Mania card year after year. And the last, I mean, even the Lesnar match, going back to there, the last great Undertaker matches at Mania was the CM Punk and the Triple H back-to-back years. And since then, they just haven't been great. And I don't want to get to the point where we remember the, you know, the Wizards Undertaker, you know, if you will, Wizards Jordan Undertaker, and not the Chicago Bulls undertaker from his heyday. Uh, And I'm not as excited about this match as I should be. I mean, it's AJ Styles and the undertaker. I should be, but I just, I'm worried 
with the gimmick and the style match. And also, it's to me weird that they're doing basically a buried alive or a casket match when they made this the man, not, you know, Mark Calloway, not the Undertaker versus AJ Styles. That just seems a little off to me. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. I, I don't know if it's uh, maybe a, a take on uh, his other character or what, but to me, it's uh, at least this last promo seemed more like Undertaker the man. So I, I'm not really not really sure uh, if they should keep him around anymore because you know, like AJ has been saying, he doesn't really have that aura anymore. And if they're going to keep him around, why not make each Mania match a retirement match? And then that way, and I know Reigns, they sort of made it seem like it was his last match, but I mean like Shawn Michaels with his rematch versus Undertaker, literally announce it, that it's a retirement match. And that way, you got two ways you can go. If you want the Taker to wrestle another year, you let him win. And it, it, it it's going to create drama because people think, they know his manias are coming to an end. And then, obviously, if he loses, it's it. And it gives him an out. And I actually think he would stick with it. So, uh, the next match is a women's SmackDown title. You have Bailey, who is the champion. Unfortunately, Carmella is out. She has the coronavirus, both her and uh, uh, what is the uh, boyfriend? Corey who is the uh, host. Corey Graves. Corey both, Graves. I believe, have it. But so this was going to be a six-pack match. Now it's going to be a five-woman match. It's going to be Bailey versus Naomi versus Lacey Evans versus Shasha versus Tamina. I am excited about this strictly because I want to see where they go with Bailey and Sasha. We talked about this last time. They have teased this match for so long that they need to pull the trigger on their feud. And I am saying that Bailey wins this match by actually either sneak attacking Sasha for a quick pin or screwing her over, and that's going to start the finally in WWE main roster Bailey Sasha feud. Are you excited about this match? And who do you got winning the women's SmackDown title? I am excited about this match. Um, I feel that it could go so many different ways. But looking over it uh, again and again, I want to say Sasha winds up screwing Bailey out of it, but she doesn't win either. I think they're going to pull the trigger and put the title on Naomi. Really? I have a feeling that uh, like out of all, everyone in there, it would either be Naomi or Sasha. And uh, like we were saying before, um, I don't believe that uh, a title necessarily has to be on the line for them to get a great feud off. And I feel that maybe uh, with putting it on Naomi, they can start to take the title in a different direction. I mean, Bailey has been a fantastic champion and has, uh, you know, brought a lot of prestige to that ever since they took that off of uh, Becky Two Belts a while back. So, I don't know. I'm thinking a Naomi victory right here. And, you know, Bailey's character, it would make sense for her to lose the title in this manner because 
she can then say she was screwed, she was cheated. You know, she they had to have four women fight her at the same time for her to lose her belt. So I could definitely see that being something that makes sense with her character and the storyline that they've been doing. So the next match I am, like, really excited about, and I think this is the match that arguably will benefit the most from the way they're doing it because, obviously, there's no crowd. That means they can tape it. It is John Cena versus The Fiend and a firehouse Funhouse match, which nobody really knows what that means. I am very excited that I heard recently that Cena has been saying, or at least there's reports, that he is wanting to do basically whatever Bray Wyatt and the Fiend's ideas are. Most of the Firefly Funhouse show on a weekly basis, they've given Bray a lot of freedom. I've read that from everybody from Triple H to, to Dirt Sheets. So it gives me a lot of hope that this is going to be the match that really I was hoping the Undertaker-AJ Styles match would be, but I just don't have enough trust in them. Are you excited about this match? And The Fiend has to win, correct? Oh, my goodness, yes, absolutely. Especially considering that Cena was already considering uh, walking out into the sunset, but something brought him, (laughs) called him right back in. And this is a way for them to keep the Fiend looking strong, especially coming off of the, the crazy way that they just took the title off of him and for some reason he didn't go chasing after it. They get to build him right back up so that as soon as they're ready to put him back either into the title picture or going after his uh, next target, he's looking hella strong. So uh, it just I'm really interested and excited to see what they're going to put together for this, especially if they're just going to allow – uh, Bray to have uh, whatever freedom that he wanted because obviously this last year, him having uh, the liberties that he's had, he's turned a great character and is turning great segments time and time again. They need to reward him. I mean, I don't have to go over if you have followed wrestling since Bray Wyatt has been around, how much they have stuck that carrot in front of him and then just yanked it away. And the most recent example of that was him losing to Goldberg in the middle of a run that had just really started to gain steam as champion, and it honestly got off to kind of a rough start. He has earned this win. We know he's lost to Cena before. I hope that Cena and WWE is going to do for Bray Wyatt what The Rock did for John Cena and WrestleMania 29 right after he was defeated in 28. So do the right thing, and I really hope they get creative in this one because this could be a really fun match uh, if they if they produce it well, which I actually have hope that they will. So the next match, and actually almost all the remaining matches are championship matches except for one. That's how many we got on the card. We got Becky two belts. It was just now one belt, even though she never lost the other taking on Shayna Blazer for the Raw Women's title. Becky is coming off a, uh, literally a year-long championship run. She won the title uh, last year at WrestleMania. I haven't been crazy about the build for this. I I think that they've been limited because of what is going on and, you know, the fact that they have to, you know, 
pre-produced. They don't have the crowd, which is big with Becky right now, to, to get behind it. But I am excited about these two women in the ring. Uh, but I'm not sure if I'm on board with this match. And I can't believe I'm saying this. I think they have to give Shayna the belt because if not, I don't know where they go with Becky. And I think this is a way to rebuild Becky as the woman who had it all. She seems to have gotten a little arrogant and cocky, even being a face in recent times. And maybe she needs this loss to kick back her character of who is she now without the belt, without being the man. Who do you have in this match, and are you excited about it? Uh, Very, because uh, watching how Shayna has been producing both uh, from the NXT uh, during into her transition, um, this is the only thing that's gotten me kind of excited about um, her coming in. And, you know, I remember I was a little apprehensive at first about are we going to really – give Shayna too much too soon, but it's like I had this I had to go back and think. We're coming off of a, a almost a whole year run as NXT women's championship and it was her second title run. So I mean she's paid her dues. So that being said, I think that they still can get a Becky win keeping her looking strong and still maybe relevant uh, in the title picture. So I'm going to actually go with Becky Lynch only uh, for the reason that I don't necessarily think Shayna losing right now will be uh, a detriment to her uh, in the long run. I I just don't know where they're going to go because I guess the other point to you saying Becky winning is where do you go with Shayna if if you give her the mm. title because she's literally other than Charlotte ran through and I mean roughshaw the entire uh, Raw roster like right after her debut because I mean she dominated the Elimination Chamber match like dominated it like we've never seen and then she beats mm-hmm. Becky Lynch and it's like where does she go is there any chance that Ronda Rousey plays a part in this match. There is. You know, I, like you, have also kind of heard whispers that Ronda's kind of itching to come back or whatever. I I wasn't too sure on that, and I'm still not that sure about it. But quite honestly, I would be okay with, um, I I can kick myself because six months ago I would have never said it. I'd be okay with Ronda Rousey coming back. And, you know, maybe even teaming up with uh, Shayna because, you know, they are, they are friends from uh, the, the MMA days. So why not do something like that that, that would give uh, Becky also something to uh, fight against because now it's a two-on-one thing and she wants her belt back? I think that if it doesn't happen, I believe it's because of what's going on in the world because – This is such a slam-dunk, no-brainer decision. You can have Becky lose while still looking strong. It's going to gain a ton of attention if it happens. And even if Ronda's not coming back initially, 
you continue that storyline. Even if she goes away, I could see that even driving Becky more because she's where's Rhonda, where's Rhonda, and become obsessed with it to where whenever Rhonda does come back, I mean, it's on. And I, I really want them to start this because my goal for next year's WrestleMania is I want the horsewoman versus the horsewomen. I think it's one of the biggest matches women's-wise WWE has in their pocket is that where you have Ronda and her girls that call the four horsewomen versus obviously Becca, Becky, Sasha, Charlotte, and uh, Bailey. It would be great. And I'm going to tell you the women's division needs Ronda. They do. It's gotten kind of stale. Without her and Nia, it's just you're really down to the four girls. You're down to the original four horsewomen, and it would be big if they got her back. So I'm hoping that's where it goes. The next match is the second big spoiler from the card. So, again, if you don't want to hear this, you want to fast forward a little bit. We all know Goldberg was supposed to face for the SmackDown World title against Roman Reigns, Spear versus Spear. Reigns, obviously, and we talked about this on the podcast Monday, he had to back out. And it makes all the sense in the world. The dude has leukemia, or excuse me, just got over leukemia like within the last year. He does not need to be putting himself in a dangerous position. The spoiler is Braun Strowman is now in that position. I want to be so excited about this match. I'm not because I'm almost positive they're going to have Goldberg win. And they're going to once again screw Braun Strowman, who got really a break to get in this match in the first place. He needs this title. He needs this win. But if I know Vince, there's not going to be a crowd. Goldberg is not going to be booed out of the building like he has basically in his two previous Mania matches. So... I could totally see, and I actually expect Goldberg to end up beating Braun Strowman here and retaining the title, and maybe they'd keep it on Goldberg, unfortunately, until, say, SummerSlam or the next major pay-per-view where we get the Reigns versus Goldberg match. I'm not sure too many people care about. Where are you at with this match? I, again, um, am hoping and praying that finally that out of this calamity, that the, the silver lining will be, they finally get it right. Give me, matter of fact, I'm even, like I said last uh, a couple of days ago, give me heel brawn. I mean, and I'm sure heel brawn will be able to draw just as much heat on the mic as, uh, as many uh, compared to the cheers that he got, you know, catering to the crowd. Give me heel brawn. Give me Braun Strowman with the title. Please go away, Bill Goldberg. Thank you for all of your contributions. Be safe, but uh, return back to the Atlanta, Atlanta area and, you know, work on your bikes or, you know, whatever kind of other things that you do because I'm sure that, you know, you have multiple other businesses that you can be tending to. Man, screw Bill Goldberg. I'm not thanking him for any of his contributions. He literally <laughs> ended my favorite wrestler ever's career because he doesn't know not to kick somebody in the freaking head as hard as he can mm. and Brett the Hitman Hart. I wasn't mm. a huge Goldberg fan before that because he was Brock Lesnar before Brock Lesnar, the same match over and over and over again, and he was unbeatable. And, again, he's a Georgia Bulldog. 
I'm from Atlanta, huge Bulldog fan, but outside of that, man, screw Bill Goldberg. Like, I hope he gets smashed, <laughs> and that is the right booking decision, but I don't think it's going to happen. So the next match I on pray. the card, uh, exactly, is the Raw Men's Heavyweight Championship. And, again, Brock versus McIntyre, I, I feel so bad for Drew. Like, he is missing out on his WrestleMania moment. And, again, it worries me that because of that, don't be shocked if Lesnar wins, which would be a death blow in Drew McIntyre. Because for a guy to be the chosen one, which he was when he first got to WWE, and, I mean, Vince's chosen one, to falling out of favor, being in the 3MB band, getting released, coming back and getting to this point they better not pull the rug from him just because there's not a crowd and he's not going to have that moment. And I've seen some people say, well, wait and let him have his moment at the next live pay-per-view. We don't know when that's going to be. And Drew is a character that he has momentum. He needs the title. He needs this win. I hope he beats Lesnar. He beats him convincingly, but I'm very worried. But right now I'm going to say I'm still going with Drew, and I am still excited about this match. Are you, and who do you like in it? I am still very excited about this match. Um, I agree with you. I I do feel bad for Drew because this deserves to be another one of those moments. He he absolutely deserves to have that. Like, I, I still remember how I felt last year when Kofi got that moment. It wouldn't have been the same without that crowd. And I, I do feel bad that uh, Drew McIntyre will be um, – uh, he, he doesn't get to experience that in front of a live audience. But unfortunately, there's no way you can delay this. you you gotta, you got to give that man the title. So the other thing I wanted to mention, and it was why I didn't go into great detail, but the main reason I think Corbin is going to win the Elias match is if they do end up giving – or I'm sorry, that's the wrong card. He's on SmackDown, right? So I meant to ask you on the last match is is if they were going to have Strowman beat Goldberg and he's the face, you're going to need a heel, and I'm assuming Corbin would be that guy to step into that spot. So that's why I'm really high on I think Corbin is going to win. Obviously, it would actually work as well if Goldberg ends up retaining because technically Goldberg is the face. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, So the last world title match, and it's one I am, again, very excited about, is Rhea Ripley, the current NXT Women's Champion, versus Charlotte. I've not been crazy about this build particularly lately but I don't know how you can't be fired up for these just two Amazon women two of the most physically dominating women I've ever seen in wrestling get in there and just I think they're going to beat the hell out of each other are you excited for this match totally I've been excited since the moment they announced it um it's a, another one of those matches that it really is a shame that the a cr- uh, crowd isn't going to be there for that. Um, still not quite sure. Like, uh, everything in me wants to say um, Rhea 
is going to win, but at the same time, we're talking about Charlotte Flair, who probably you will go John down. You mean of the women's division? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, she's probably going to go down as, as the, the, the greatest woman ever uh, when it all boils down to it, and not because of the title reigns, quite honestly. I mean, like, when I finally started watching again, she had already had, like, her first title run, and I just kind of, you know, turned my uh, nose up because I'm like, oh, Rick's daughter, well, of course she has a title. And that's how I felt initially. And then I watched her for the next year, and I was like, okay, I kind of put my foot in my mouth. She actually goes out there, and she earns every single inch of it. So I, I do give her that. So, But I really do feel that they're going to continue to uh, have NXT look strong, and I, I want to say Rhea Ripley gets that victory. I hope you're right, and I agree with you that if you look, they have been very uh, – they made NXT look really strong at these big pay-per-views, and, I, and it makes sense. I mean, they're now a they're, – they're their own brand. You know, they have their own show on Wednesday Legitimately. night. But what scares me is, jokingly, I said she's seen, and Charlotte is, like in the sense that, I mean, I just think back to the Oscar match just a few years ago. I've never been so shocked in my life that they let Charlotte win that match just because mm. it really derailed Oscar. Like, I mean, it just. I was so upset And this about is where I one. get. Right. And this is where you get frustrated with WWE. They constantly complain about not building new stars. Well, you can't build new stars if you build them up and then get them in these huge matches and then have the person that doesn't need the rub win. And Charlotte, like you're saying, I think she's the best women's wrestler in the world, and honestly, it's not even close. Like, total package in the ring, her presence. She's gotten a lot better on the mic. Obviously, the, the legacy of her father she doesn't need this win. She doesn't need this belt. And you have a chance to really make Rhea the next big thing because there's not been very many women's wrestlers who have beat Charlotte, much less in a titles match. And I just hope they don't blow this opportunity. But I can see Charlotte winning and then it's setting up Bianca Belair being the woman that dethrones her for the title and if that's the plan, I would be okay with it because I actually think Bianca has a higher ceiling than Rhea does. I totally agree with you there. Like, Bianca's been my girl. Like, it's funny. I had gotten on the Rhea train only moments before I was looking back and was like, oh, wait a minute, hold on. I think I might throw a hitch to this one, too, because uh, Bianca's always been right there on the outside of the title picture this last year, and she's just been putting on amazing amazing matches and you know she's phenomenal on the mic she is one of those players that looks like that you know with time she's going to continue to get polished and she's going to be an amazing talent for years to come and what better way and again i can't trust wwe because they're not great about long-term booking and looking ahead but it's like if that is the goal to make her a star what better way than to have Charlotte beat Rhea in a really good match for the title, and then Bianca for her T title. She beats the 10-time main roster women's champion to get that belt. 
that is how you build a star. Now, I just don't know if it's Rhea or Bianca who they want to eventually push, but both of them are superstars, and I'm good either way. But if Rhea yes, does not win this match, that better be the plan. Uh, the last That's title the match only we have thing. on – I'm 100% with you. Of course, we're putting a lot of faith in WWE. So the last title match, and it's one that I am very excited about, is Sami Zayn, the Intercontinental Champion, versus Daniel Bryan. I'm most interested about this match because I just can't wait to see what kind of match these two guys put on because I think that they could have a Matt Clinic match. I think they could have a fast-tempo match. I think they could have a slow match. I think because of the style that Sammy likes to do, you're going to see a little bit faster-paced, shorter match. Uh, And I keep going back and forth on who I think is going to win this match. I think it helps that there's not a crowd for the heel, believe it or not, because it's so hard at a mania to take away that Daniel Bryan, yes, you know, moment with the crowd. Mm They show it from every mania he's won at in the last, you know, five, six years. So I think Sami Zayn by hook or crook is going to regain the title, maybe with some help from Buddy Murphy. Or, I mean, not Buddy Murphy, but uh, Drew Gulak, who actually got Daniel Bryan in this match. Uh, who do you think is going to win, and are you also excited about this match? Uh, I'm excited about the possibility of this match for uh... – a lot of the same reasons like these two dudes can get in here and really put on a, a nice uh, technical match uh, with some high flying action mixed in there. So they should put on an entertaining match no matter how you cut it. So very much excited about this match. And, you know, there's of course the, the chance of outside interference from either way. I am with you. Uh, and have been with you from the start since they put the belt on Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn needs a long title reign with this. Quite honestly, Daniel Bryan does not necessarily need the IC title. I don't know what they're doing with the whole him and Drew Gulag thing, so um, maybe what you said will come into play. I don't know. Uh, Sami Zayn uh, needs to hold on to this title right now. So we have one more match to go over, and it is like kudos to WWE. We we give crap about booking and storylines. The Edge and Randy Orton last man standing match, like I don't think it needs a crowd. Like it's not going to hurt the match at all, but I hate that they're not going to be there because both of these guys, are just doing phenomenal work. Randy Orton has reminded me with this feud that he could be the most underrated, like, all-time great ever. I mean, he's got the signature move, the RKO. It's it's up there with the stunner as, you know, arguably the greatest finisher of all time. He's, he's also had a ton of different characters. You know, he, he's been the – Face. He's been the the legend killer. He's been the the Weasley heel. He he's he's done it all. And Edge, like, it was a masterclass that promo Monday night. Mm. He has been so great since he came back and reminded us why a guy that was a little scrawny, a little weird looking was, you know, this multi-multi world heavyweight champion, one of the most 
successful titles across the board champion in the history of WWE. I mean, he had a ton of intercontinental title runs. He's obviously a, a tag team champion numerous times. It's It's been amazing, and I'm so excited about this match. I don't know which way it's going to go. Like, I literally don't know. Who do you think is going to win this match? This match is probably going to be the show stealer of the entire thing and will not require a title change for it. The, the, the build for this, the entire story, um, like, like you said, we do a lot of bashing. They got this all the way right uh, to the Beth Phoenix segment, which was funny because, you know, uh, I had to tell my girlfriend that uh, Beth Phoenix actually used to wrestle and she only looks because she's standing next to a, 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 you know, pretty put together guy, but, you know, Beth Phoenix is a pretty sizable woman. So, you know, trust me, she's fine. But the entire build for this story has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, There was already a lot of history this is going to probably be the match of the card. Yet. I, I, I want to say this is one of those things where uh, not having the crowd, where I, I think that we can get a Randy Orton victory here. Uh, it, may be, it may be a dumb booking move, but I, I really think that they can give a Randy Orton victory here. Yet, um, Edge still, I mean, considering the, the match type, he's still obviously going to be strong looking in it, and um, it won't hurt him going forward. I, I, I think you're right. I think the right move is to extend this, and you can only do that by Randy Orton winning. However, it just... It's hard to see Edge not winning. I don't know. I mean, I know, again, there's not a lot of crowd, so it's, it's, do they really need the feel-good moment? But I think the feel-good moment, obviously, of this mania would be Edge winning. So I'm going to mm-hmm. lean towards Edge and pick him, even though I actually think you're right that they know they have a money feud here, uh, and probably the smart booking decision would be to have Randy Orton go over and continue it. Let me ask you this. Do you think that we just went over there seven title, I think seven title matches. I really think this is going to be the match that closes Mania on Sunday. Can you see that? I could, actually. I absolutely could. That uh, that we have a walkout of one of them just looking down on the other, their hand raised in victory. And like you said, we don't necessarily have to walk away with a feel-good moment, and it would be quite the build-up to uh, what we're going to see for Monday Night Raw. It's like, oh, my God, we walked away with, uh, you know, either Edge just beating the life out of Randy Orton, and yeah, and what's going to happen? Or we have Randy Orton standing, (laughs) peering over him with that viper scowl, and that's the, you know, the last thing that you see when the credits roll, when that uh, logo hits the bottom of the screen. Do you think there's any chance, and I'm just thinking here, that they have this end in basically a no contest where neither one of them can answer the count, and that's a way to prolong it 
and if it's a that. great match and it ends that way, I would be like completely on board for it. I totally dig that type of ending, like you like you had started to say, uh, like you said last week with those Dusty Rhodes endings. That's a great way to uh, continue to drive the narrative of a story without you know, losing anything on either um, competitor's end. So I'd be quite fine with that. You would have two all-time greats, and they, they kind of played up that they're sort of, you know, in a way mirrors of each other, at least in the sense of their successfulness in their career. They've used the word grit a lot, and what I've loved about that is they've used the word grit, and they both have different definitions for what grit is, and it just, to me, it would be fitting that these two guys beat the hell out of each other, and literally they have some big move that leads them where neither one of them can get up. Um, so we're already an hour and 17 minutes into this. I apologize that we didn't get into taking phone calls, but we want to go through each and every single match. So we're going to leave it here. We will do another uh, podcast probably either Monday or Tuesday, so don't you worry. Recap in Mania, we'll open that back open to the phones. Hopefully have uh, time to take some calls and get people to give their thoughts on what they thought about WrestleMania. Uh, again, I am very thankful for WWE for putting this together and giving us something this weekend to take our mind off of something and, you know, maybe have something to bitch about that isn't so serious, which in itself is a, a, a gift. Ronald, do you have anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Um, well, just my website, com. You can find me on Facebook at Ronald Tinsley, my um, either personal or business page. Uh, get your credit lit. Um, our drive is 20,000 families in 20,000 homes this year in 2020. Uh, let's connect. And please be sure to go to the IB Sports podcast feed, rate and review us. Uh, you can not only hear this podcast, uh, myself and uh, Alan, aka Actively Lazy, Backdoor Cover is on there, RC, uh, the, the El Presidente has the RC Report. We also have an NBA podcast. A lot of them are in pause right now because there's not. The wrestling one will obviously continue. Me and Alan took this week off on the Backdoor Cover, but we plan to get back to doing episodes probably next week. But, I mean, it's Mania weekend. I know it's not what anybody wanted or thought it would be where there's no crowd. and It's just it's a weird time. But, again, I'm very thankful that we have that to look forward to this weekend. I'm thankful for my man, Ronnell, my co-host doing this podcast with me. And, I mean, Ronnell, it's Mania weekend. You do the same, man. I had a blast as usual. Thankful for you. Thankful for everybody. Everyone, please stay safe out there. Um, Let's flatten the curve. Well said. And, guys, we will see you soon. Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. The man.